This is an era of human history where you're dumber. You're much dumber than you would be. I, human IQ is going up about 10 points a century. So you're you're much dumber than you would be in this century. And you can buy oh, cocaine at a store. They will give so, it. <laughs> so, none, of your, none of your ideas are good ones. Oui, c'est vrai. Je suis un ananas. Now, in the uh, towers of uh, Edmonton... I'm not a tower. I don't speak on both sides. I do not use crack cocaine, nor am I an addict of crack cocaine. and fabulous i am as per usual jessica and i'm still janelle and i'm a little high because my neighbor's pot's coming through the vent <laughs> every now and then my room just gets like sneak attack it's gone aerosol it's i i didn't know where it was coming from but every now and then the back bedrooms of my apartment just fog up it's like a it's like a chemtrail in my apartment it's fantastic you're just being your neighbor's just dutch ovening you with pot yeah it's literally <laughs> three o'clock in the morning on a fucking wednesday like my dudes please please do other things with your lives <laughs> yeah i'll just be doing homework and i'm like oh no oh no oh no no it's gonna be a really mellow essay this time i know this guy like decapitated someone in the woods and then like scooped her head out and used it as a cereal bowl but like, but, like, what if, like, why? we just, like, <laughs> embrace him, brother? Like, he's, like, a human yeah. being. And, like, we are one. Yeah, we share one soul with the all-mother, you know? Yeah, my neighbors <laughs> my neighbors smoke some good shit. <laughs> that's, mm, that's excellent. Like, also, this building is full of holes. <laughs> full of holes. <laughs> it's like Swiss cheese. <laughs> but with more squirrels. <laughs> if, if one person smokes pot, we're all smoking pot. It's a, yeah, it's like a we're shared... We're all in this together. Me and a shared bonding experience with the people who live in 3S. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I wonder if 3S is also involved in the... Uh... The NDP coming to your house and asking if you're hoarding animals. The NDP did not come. That is a Canadian political party. Yes, they did not... that, is, that is different. <laughs> it's different. The, the Socialist Party of Canada probably did not stop by your house to ask about, <laughs> ask how many canines you have registered. No, the NYPD. The NYPD showed the up. The NYPD. The NYPD can, in fact, find my apartment. I was, like, home alone. Jack Layton doesn't give a shit how many cats you oh, have. Oh, because he's dead. Now I'm sad because about a dead. dead Canadian political figure, and I'm too high to be this sad um, <laughs> no the uh does tommy douglas help he's been dead longer oh no that's the opposite of helpful <laughs> oh no no but the the mypd i was home alone and i was working on a paper so i looked thoroughly homeless i had i was in my pajamas at six o'clock in the evening which is not a sign that somebody's doing well i had a 20 page paper due the next day and uh the doorbell rings and i was like okay it's probably one of my roommates forgot their keys i'm gonna be generous and let them into their own home and then like i'm a giver i kind of shuffle to the door no bra in sight exercise for the day yeah (laughs) and it's it's just uniformed nypd asking me if i am an animal hoarder i was like uh no you have never looked you've never been less prepared to deny the claim no i've never looked (laughs) more like a fucking crazy cat lady in my life so i was like no, and they're like, well, we got a report that someone on this floor, of which there are two apartments, is hoarding, like, 13 animals in their apartment. I was like, well, <laughs> I haven't seen any. 
lately. Yeah. They're like maybe it's the dude next. Like maybe it's the amateur DJ next door. I feel like I would notice if the strange man who practices his DJing at eight o'clock in the morning was hoarding animals. Maybe I don't. You know. would assume if I can I smell mean, the pot there. from downstairs. I think I can smell thirteen cats worth of cat piss. Yeah, like uh, that's a lot of cat piss. It's a lot of cat piss. I don't know what the it's hell's going on. I don't know why we're all of a sudden <laughs> calling the NYPD on each other to report animal hoarding. I don't know. This is a weird. It's a very specific charge. It's a weird place to live. This is just. It's a weird. It's a, it's a weird place, and I'm gonna have to. What a city! I'm gonna frame the people downstairs for something if they don't stop getting me high <laughs> on a Wednesday. <laughs> Revenge. I'm you gonna, must respond. You must respond in kind. I'm going to accuse them of human trafficking. I'm going to escalate. Yep. Yep. <laughs> just, just one step just up. Overwhelming force. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that they're smuggling Kinder Surprise eggs into the country, which is deeply illegal. You, deeply illegal. You can't do have those here. They're dangerous for children. Mm-hmm. You can buy like not necessarily New York City, but like in most in most in most American states. You can buy a fully loaded automatic at Walmart <laughs> with with like a simple picture ID. You can't have an automatic. You, you can buy, have a semi-auto. Uh, you can have a semi-automatic, but you cannot have a fragile chocolate egg with a toy inside. That could hurt children, <laughs> Jessica. Think of they the could children. Choke. Yeah, kids. Kids are kids are apparently dumb enough to just bite down on a Kinder Surprise egg and then swallow the plastic capsule whole and get it lodged yeah. in their dumb little tracheas. Yeah, the only way the only way to save a child choking on a Kinder Egg is if you yourself also choke on a Kinder Egg. No, it's I'm more sure guns. It's, we have to arm the teachers. <laughs> that's the only way to save. We have to arm the teachers, otherwise the children are gonna choke on Kinder Eggs. <laughs> what if the child's throat had a gun? What then? <laughs> it could shoot a hole right through it, and the kid could breathe. Yeah. Day saved, thanks to guns. <laughs> All right, this is this has been the political hour of this podcast. <laughs> today's uh, today's subject, today's episode is on Alexander Pierce, not to be confused with Alexander Pierce Higgins, the legal scholar. Oh, I coming up when I was trying to research. I, this. I get those two confused uh, all all the time, constantly. Yeah, or even to be confused with Alexander Goodwin Pierce, the villain of the second Captain America movie. Okay, that oh what? <laughs> the villain of the ca- the villain of the second cap- second Captain America movie was 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 definitely not an Irish thief who was convicted and sentenced to seven years of penal transportation. He was not. I maybe uh, uh, penal transportation sounds like less like a punishment and more like something you ask for in your profile on Grinder. Yeah, it's it's it sounds like a very specific sex act, <laughs> but it is in fact like ejecting people to Australia, which I mean, like I I have no doubt the judiciary of the eighteen of the eighteen hundreds England found deeply erotic, but yeah, it sounds like the kind of sex act that like just has a absolutely innocuous sounding slang name that your grandma keeps accidentally saying. Yeah, it, it kind when of... When she's, like, trying to ask for the remote control. It, it sounds like you're being <laughs> sentenced to seven years of having a large man hold your dick, but you're actually going to go look at kangaroos. I can see how that could be confusing. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's like, some kangaroos are pretty ripped. If you've, <laughs> like, if you've seen, like, a, pic, a cute picture of a kangaroo, that was not, in fact, a kangaroo. That was a wallaby. They're adorable. Wallabies kangaroos... are small, cute, yeah. mini kangaroos, and actual kangaroos are terrifying ripped rabbits. They're horrifying and just like for the record d- do not put your dick in them or near yeah, them. They will 
literally disembowel you if they take a dislike to your face. Or your they dick. They disembowel you with their cute little legs. Just, just don't. Just, just don't. Just don't. Just don't. <laughs> That's the real punishment. It's They're not horrifying. that you have to live in Australia. It's that you have to be dismembered by the various wildlife that lives there. It's like it's like Survivor, except the stakes are incredibly high. Like, oh, you started a new life. You had a cute little baby. Oh no, dingoes ate it. Oh, that's what you get. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you stole oh, some bread fourteen years mm-hmm. ago, and now all your babies are dingo food. Sucks to suck. We don't make the rules. <laughs> Sucks to suck. We don't even enforce them. The dingoes enforce them. There is no law, but dingo law. There is no law. There is only dingo. <laughs> And platypus. Did you know platypus platypodes are are poisonous? Yes, I did. Because everything in Mm. Australia is awful and horrifying. (laughs) Everything. Literally everything is poisonous and wants to kill you. (laughs) Every cute animal that you've associated with, they want to kill you. Every hunger for blood. Everything from Australia is poisonous, including... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not gonna say that. There's a there's a chance he listens to this. I'm sorry, <laughs> that was a joke. Didn't mean it. I'll edit it out. I'll just re- I'll just replace whatever you said with like kookaburra noises. It'll be it'll be thematic. <laughs> <laughs> Such a weird episode. It seems like Janelle is actually just the same bird sound effect copied and pasted in 117 times. It's yeah, well, Jen strange just choice talks for them. to herself. <laughs> Over the sound of wildlife. We now have a relationship like Han Solo and Chewbacca, where, like, I make non-human noises and you can interpret what I say. Like, ah, yes, Janelle, that is a good point. Hilarious. Don't get testy. Insightful. (laughs) Excellent. So the Alexander Pierce that we are, in fact, talking about was an Irish farmer who was convicted and sentenced to seven years penal transportation in 1819 for the theft of thick pairs of shoes. God damn. <laughs> he should have known you just go to Harlem and then you can buy seven at a reasonable yeah. price. <laughs> it it was an excellent deal, Janelle. I'm sure it I, was. I basically saved money. I basically made money on that deal. It was a sound fiscal investment in shiny, absurd footwear. The border certainly seemed to think you were smuggling them, so <laughs> In in fairness, I would not allow you into any country either. Just any country, <laughs> not even my country or our home country. I wouldn't. I wouldn't let you into any country. Most of my most of my interactions with law enforcement is they don't seem upset necessarily, or even threatened. Just confused. <laughs> like they're not going to arrest me, but they're not quite sure why. <laughs> I would make you into a stateless being cast out on the sea. That's. Is this like? It feels like there should be a law allowing me to immediately eject you from this country. I know you were born here, but you need to go. <laughs> the only place you are welcome is international waters. I'm just gonna have to build myself a micronation out of a out of, out of a out of an old rubber tire and float float off of float off of Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> You've got it all figured out. I've got an elf. I've I've got a plan. I've got a plan. There's going to be significantly more ocean noises in the background of this podcast from now on. <laughs> You're going to be hearing a lot of dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So first thing first, what the hell is penal transportation? We've already alluded to this. It's basically a form of banishment, where an undesirable citizen such as a convicted criminal or political prisoner is exiled to a penal colony for life or perhaps only a set number of years. There, those sentenced for transportation would generally be either imprisoned or sold into indentured servitude. 
Yay! Or fed to dingoes. Which is basically slavery. Albeit the f- a kind of slavery that wasn't permanent and generational. So why did the British start industrially shipping shoe thieves across the ocean? Part of the reason was purely pragmatic. Many colonies suffered from an insufficient supply of willing labor. They tended to solve this through a combination of indentured servitude and slavery. This was further supplemented by a steady supply of prison labor. Yay! Uh, Of white migrants to the 13 colonies prior to the American Revolutionary War, roughly half came over as more or less willing indentured servants. Around a tenth, over 50,000 people, were prisoners. They literally could not make Australia look attractive enough. You had to be sent there against your will. They could not do it. No poster campaign could make this place you wanted to live. No. There were no, no incentives. Like, no, like, delicate watercolor paintings of, of sunny beaches were, were, were strong enough to make literal shit-covered peasants want to move there. And people moved to Saskatchewan voluntarily, people so I think that really says something. intentionally went to Saskatchewan. So that's where the hate mail's coming from this week. <laughs> Fuck you, you know Saskatchewan's terrible. I'm gonna double down. They also moved to Manitoba. <laughs> <laughs> wow. On purpose. Oh god, so did my family. Just just an awful place. Uh, incidentally, uh, an- another not insubstantial number of white laborers were victims of kidnapping, and human trafficking was rampant, due in part to insufficient regulation and oversight, but also due to the existence of a legal market for human beings in the first place. Notably... It's really hard to, like, I don't know, like, what do we, what do we mean money laundering except with people? <laughs> it's, it's really hard to people launder uh, if there's no legitimate people market. That's just, it's just a thing. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. Also, like, when you said oversight, I know you meant, like, you know, the law wasn't really looking into this, this was legal oversight, but I also like to imagine people just sort of, it was oversight, like, people just didn't realize you couldn't human traffic. They're like, oh... You're not uh, allowed to kidnap people from their front yards and then sell them into a life of slavery. Why did you say? Oh, my bad. My bad. I fucked up. No, I... That, this is entirely on me. Yeah, I can... I am just... I see where we've... That's egg on my face. (laughs) I see... I just... I see the problem now. I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) Golly gee. (laughs) Well, I... Now I... Now I look like the asshole. (laughs) That's fun. Uh, penal transportation was likewise an effective way of getting rid of dissidents and other politically inconvenient prisoners without the risk of releasing them back into their home communities. Irish, Scottish, and Welsh prisoners of war were transported in large numbers as part of England's political repression of the rest of the British Isles. Fun. Although, like, mm. you don't need to transport a Welshman to silence no. them. Nobody understands what they're saying. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, can you imagine, uh, like, Welsh protest chants? <laughs> Just standing outside of standing outside of the, the English House of Commons yelling incomprehensible vowels that fill people with fear and, and cause sheep to nervously bleat. Just <laughs> I just assume like the number one right on whatever Wales Charter of Human Rights is is just we demand the right to incomprehensible pronunciation. <laughs> That's we will die for that one. I, I would be less confused by, by by the language of whales if it was spoken by actual whales. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yes. England was deporting 
politically inconvenient humpbacks to Australia. (laughs) Just a large number of orcas that were resisting English rule. (laughs) Oh, what a time. What a time. What a time. (laughs) Uh, A final vital reason, however, was transportation as a merciful alternative to the death penalty. See, the British criminal justice system system had developed a peculiar cruelty through the course of the the 18th century in response to wealthy citizens' desire to protect their property. Namely, a bafflingly broad range of different offenses that all carried the death penalty. Some of these were the sort of thing you'd expect, like murder and treason. But others included horse theft, arson, using a disguise while committing a crime, attempted suicide, being in the company of gypsies for one month, accessory to homosexuality, shoplifting, and grand larceny, defined as a theft of property worth 12 pence or more. There's so much there. You can be in the company of gypsies for three weeks, but if you stay another fucking week, we're killing you. 30 days, only 27 if it's if it's February, but a day more and, and off with your head. Right? Like It's the noose for ya. It's, it's, just, it's just a month is too much. It's too, too much. Also, do gypsies get executed for spending a month with themselves i have no idea like you'd have to like and i'm like i don't even know if this refers to like irish travelers or if it refers to the roma but like it must be super awkward like you know like every every 29 days you're like well mum, i i gotta go off into the wilderness now or the state's gonna have me head (laughs) (laughs) i also like the wearing a disguise they're like all right you know what i'm i'm not that mad about the theft I'm I'm not that mad, but I am I am furious about the fake mustache. Unforgivable. I mean, unforgivable. Tax you look ridiculous. Tax man. fraud I can handle, <laughs> but the fact that you wore a fake mustache while you did it, absolutely not. How dare you, good sir? Off with your head. me while dressed like a woman. You're no lady. <laughs> Gods. Gods. <laughs> I just assume that all old timey rich people Take had this hideous, yeah. hideous woman away. There was just guards <laughs> in earshot of every rich person At all <laughs> in the times. 1800s. Yeah, the thing that always gets me though is attempted suicide. I mean, what? what kind there's of a, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. What, what kind of statement are you trying to make there? For the crime of trying to kill yourself. Like it's not it's not that you tried to kill yourself that is the problem. It's how ineffective you were. <laughs> also, if you fake a suicide attempt for the purpose of being arrested for suicide and then killed, does that count as a suicide attempt and do they then have to re-kill you? Yeah. <laughs> do they have to dig you up and do what they did to Cromwell and just execute your corpse? <laughs> I found a loophole and it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid. It's like it's the it's the 1800s version of suicide by cop. <laughs> suicide by illegal suicide. You know, if if you if you got us to execute you through if through bad faith means, we will dig you up and we will execute you again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll, just just a spectacular time to be alive. And this is all before we even discuss accessory to homosexuality. <laughs> accessory too. Accessory. What does two. it even mean? If you introduced them, you uh, you die. Yeah. You die now. Yeah. It's just like uh, like it's like, hey Bill, hey Frank. I just thought you guys might want to know each other, and it's like, woo woo woo. You're under arrest. <laughs> you'll get you'll get the chair for this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was old timey days, so I assume they just let a horse kick you to death. 
I, I think there was, in fact, one uh, horse, at least one horse-related uh, means of execution. Yeah, they just drag you behind it. Tying. Oh, yeah, like, oh, oh no, I was even thinking of a di- There's so many horse-related <laughs> ways to kill somebody. Goodness gracious. Yeah, like, you can drag them behind the horse, or you can tie them to two different horses and uh, make the horse... Dr- rip them apart like they're a wishbone oh that's fun they're, or a christmas cracker yeah and people before netflix people really had no to make their own entertainment <laughs> you had to make your own fun oh. it's either this or tiddlywinks oh my god <laughs> nobody can fucking read let's let's go down to an execution eventually uh, the, the the 800s game of poker gets old <laughs> <laughs> That's, I think that's honestly half of the reason for the spectacular, like, spectacular execution methods. It's like, at a certain point, you're just making them up just to keep it, just to keep it fresh. Let's just it's put just like, on I a show. so many people killed this year. You know, give me something. Entertain me. Put on a show. <laughs> you know, like, if, can you imagine if you were, like, that poor executioner and, like, you were, you know, had your first ever execution and just nobody came because, like, uh, hanging's just so passe. Also, like, everybody in this era is storing grain improperly, so they are all high as balls. All oh, the time. as balls. Everybody is it, drunk. That's if they haven't exploded yet. The water <laughs> is literally poison, so everybody's drinking and wine. Everybody is traumatized from the day they're born. Just it's, just it's just a combination of trauma, stupidity, alcohol, and lead. And lead. And everyone's just walking around like, and then we'll tie him to a horse. And then we'll tie him to a different horse. <laughs> then we'll tie him to a third horse. All medicine is just opium. <laughs> yeah, like, first thing we're gonna do, first thing we're gonna do, we're gonna hang him till he's dead. By the neck. Not anywhere else, no. If you hang him by the hand, that doesn't kill him right. We tried. And, We've uh, tried many times. Then, then we'll cut him in half, and then we'll cut him into come in another half, just like Ma used to do with my sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll put the corpse bits in a, in a baggie with a... With a lovely note from me, Mum. I was gonna say, what is that? Shake and, and bake? Uh, Are you giving me a orange. recipe? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, your mom used to like, you know, cut your sandwich into triangles and like Oh, that's how she she cut the neighbor into triangles and give you a note. That's <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> this is where you say explains a lot about you, Jessica. It does. You like to make fun of my brain. <laughs> it does. It it <laughs> I worry about your household, but Oh, this is this is why you were homeschooled because all of your school lunches made people call the authorities. Yeah, it's like that's that's the real problem. Is just like she shouldn't have packed me that human hand. <laughs> I mean, it is my favorite part, but like, it's a suspicious cut of me. Now the teacher's <laughs> crying. Like you know, <laughs> poor form, mother. Poor form. <laughs> save that for at home. Save that for save that for dinner. After school snack. Want to make sure wants to make sure I get my protein. <laughs> She's just just being a loving parent. She's doing the best she can. You should be. It's so easy to judge, you know, but it's hard to be a mother. <laughs> You're making it sound like a woman who occasionally just like has to, you know, has to just scrape together a school lunch, and she's she's got to, you know, feed the kids junk food more than she should. But they're on food stamps, and they're she's working two jobs, and she's doing the best she can. Now you're like, yeah, my mom, you know, just just feeding me bits of neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sometimes you struggle to make the ends and you're struggling to make ends meet, and you make some substitutions. You know, Lunchables was expensive, Janelle, back in the day. <laughs> I just Neighbor, imagine that's free. Your entire childhood, just, just your mother spent eighty percent of it just covered in blood. <laughs> 
just from head to toe. Just, you know, like taking me to the park, giving me a bath after school, mowing the lawn, just coated in like a thick layer of fresh blood. Okay, kids, I'm off to the gro- I'm off to get groceries and she just grabs a bloodied hatchet off the hook next to the back door. She waves goodbye, blows a kiss, and just like it just like leaves a bloody smear across the door. The door. That is the only explanation that I will accept. <laughs> because you, this this episode is going to be horrifying. Uh, is it? This is an, this is a horrifying episode, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's going to be perfectly lovely. Just a wonderful tale of a shoe thief getting transported to Australia. Yeah, this episode is has has. It's going to be darling. It's. <laughs> Bef- you need to know when you're listening to all the horrible shit that we're about to say how fucking excited Jessica is for this episode. <laughs> Jessica has been excited I'm, about this episode for a month. I've been telling everyone. I've just been this so excited. This is all excited. she talks about. You need to know what as as you're listening to this episode. You need to understand just how fucking excited Jessica was. I've been over the moon for a month. I've just been jazzed. This is. <laughs> She's she's excited about so this wonderful. the way that people are into new models of iPhone. Like this is <laughs> this is her iPhone 10. I have been driving my 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 nearest and dearest to despair with my excitement. Yeah, and it's 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 not good. <laughs> Just keep that in the back of your mind as you're as you're listening to what we're about to talk about. You're gonna understand. <laughs> no one understands, Jessica. That's the whole point. No one understands. You're good. You know, if you don't understand, you will experience a dawning sense of horror. <laughs> it's that's what we like to call the Janelle experience. <laughs> Just a constant dawning sense of horror when you realize that Jessica's not kidding. <laughs> that's my whole. That's my life. See, see, that's the only reason why I haven't been ejected from most of polite societies that people genuinely cannot tell when I'm joking. And they genuinely cannot tell when I'm not. That's the only thing <laughs> keeping you in the running. People just think I have an interesting sense of humor. <laughs> Good. Uh, interestingly, if you're still caught up on like the idea of how much 12 pence is, which is the definition of grand larceny, uh, 12 pence in 1800 is about uh, 4 pounds in modern terms, according to RPI. Oh. So it's still not a lot. So You might have been thinking, like, oh, well, that must be so much more in modern... No. No. Two Snickers <laughs> and a Coke? You are dead, my friend. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, about 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it is about the cost of a mediocre lunch. <laughs> <laughs> While the wealthy elites of England might have thought that killing every thief and shoplifter in the country was a wonderful idea, most judges and juries didn't really have a stomach for it. Juries would often intentionally undervalue the worth of stolen property to avoid the mandatory death sentence, or would even refuse to convict clearly guilty people. Jury nullification! Jury nullification. Further, death sentences for relatively minor offenses were usually commuted through a whatever legal rationale the government could find. It's estimated between 1770 and 8030, only about 20% of death penalty verdicts were carried out, primarily in cases of burglary, robbery, and murder. They're just like, you know what? That that horse wasn't really worth a man's life. He was he was cross-eyed and he was he was slow. He had none of his own teeth. <laughs> oh yeah, no. That wasn't a good horse. We won't be killing you today. Oh, yeah, and, and and that horse, well, that was actually a goat. I don't, don't <laughs> quite understand where you ended up here, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Your disguise was not convincing. Come on now. <laughs> Get out of here, you scamp. 
There's no lady with a full, full beard that long. (laughs) He was a a deeply unconvincing grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) You can go. You can go. You can go. (laughs) I just like that the laws of this time period are so horrifying that even people who lived in this objectively horrifying time were like, dude, Mm. dude, we have got Mm. to stop. Like, this is too much. This is is insane. (laughs) Have you ever thought that this is maybe a bit much? (laughs) Like... Like, they, 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 these people were literally okay with small children working in chimneys. Like, just climbing up chimneys to clean them. And, like, brushing, brushing fabric out of the gears of horrifying machinery that they would occasionally get pulled into by their hair. Oh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we've kept it below 30 child liquefications per week. We're doing good on our safety record. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're leading in the industry in terms of minimizing child liquidation. (laughs) (laughs) Which could be if you sell a child or turn them into a fluid after you pull them into the gears of a machine. That's a versatile word. (laughs) The last one only lost an arm. That's that's only a 10% loss. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I'm so glad you weren't, you didn't live in this area. (laughs) She still had the other one. (laughs) Oh my god. Well, you're good to start sweeping chimneys. Like, as a very sickly disabled person, I would not have survived childhood. <laughs> oh, oh god damn it. Or, or do you want do, is, are you, is, was that wistful? No, I could just I imagine it's like, alright, well, that Jessica one we hired last week is dead, and they'll be like, Oh no, she get pulled into the machine. It's like, no, she keeps eating fucking thread. <laughs> <laughs> Just died of an impacted bowel. There's just there's nothing. There's nothing we could do. That's that's oh that's that's weird. <laughs> that's a little. I knew that one was she different. Just, she just liked that. She was always a little funny, charming, but a little funny. She liked the thread. She found it chewy. <laughs> yeah, like people are always like, oh, you know, wouldn't it have been so romantic to live back in the 1800s, and I'm like. Uh, as a, as a deeply unwell person from a blue-collar family, uh, I'm gonna say no. If you're lusting <laughs> after I'm, a bygone cool. age, and that <laughs> age did not have indoor plumbing, you don't want to live then. Absolutely not. I, you know, you know what I have never done in my life? I have never had to shit in a jar. And I'm proud of that. Bit <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's I think good. that's the height of civilization thus far. <laughs> <laughs> Not shitting into an open street. I have never stepped in another human being's feces, and I that's what I'm into. That's thats what does it for me. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, I've made it. <laughs> Plumbing, sanitation, and not Big getting black are. death. Awesome. Mm, I haven't had a single boobo, and I'm, I'm, I'm psyched. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, this ad hoc mercy created a problem, however. The English criminal justice system at the time was heavily based on principles of punishment and deterrence. So much like our current justice system. Much like our current system, (laughs) except we were a little more convinced that it actually worked. Less Uh, less horse-related justice, but otherwise things haven't really changed. Now we know that the death penalty doesn't work, it's just that we keep doing it anyway. (laughs) We never let facts get in the way of a bad idea. Although, notably, America, most of us have stopped. <laughs> it's just you. You've it got it's just you're, you're the by only yourself. Fahrenheit and the metrics, uh, the non-metric system, the imperial system, and yeah. uh, the death penalty. You're just you're all by yourself. You're you're alone. You are very alone. <laughs> it's just like 
you in China and Burma and a couple other places. Oh, good. You may have, like, a moral argument or something, but I just want you to look up how much it costs to execute a person. Just look it up. <laughs> it's many. The answer is many. It is many. Yeah, we could have gone to Mars by now, assholes. Yeah. <laughs> just, if you gave NASA the entire budget of the death penalty in the few states it occurs in, we'd have multiple stations on Mercury. <laughs> we could flee this planet when we'd finally kill it. We would already have a generational spaceship to take us to the next inhabitable solar system. I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy. You chose this. This is your priority. So clearly, death was too harsh a response to many of these crimes, but offenders should have some form of proportional punishment, according to this logic. Rather than having their crimes ignored for the sake of sparing their lives, or, as the case may be, rather than having their sentences commuted because the Crown lacked the stomach for its own proposed form of justice. Uh, notably, imprisonment was not considered sufficient punishment for many of these crimes. Which is crazy, because old-timey jails were actually just torture dungeons. Your cellmate was usually a hundred rats. <laughs> and you, you don't even want to no know heat, what the rats did to get in No there. heat, some gruel, and a Bible. That's, that's all you need. Oh yeah, really, no, boy. I like that all of our attempts to sound Irish just makes us sound like confused Newfoundlanders. <laughs> Which is essentially I thought that what, was what we were going for. They're more or less interchangeable, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Newfoundlanders are just Scottish and Irish people who got lost and accidentally crossed the ocean. Oops. <laughs> they just, oh, they, well. just they took a, lo- a wrong turn at Belfast and wound up near Dildo. <laughs> oh, this doesn't look like Ireland. Who oh, wants well. to see me open a beer with my face? <laughs> Kiss this god, why don't you? Oh god. Time don't, to get don't, screeched in. Don't get screeched in. It's Do awful. not get screeched in. It's really They make you drink poison and then kiss a fish. Uh, transportation originated as a way of resolving this tension through a form of roundabout legal logic where a certain capital offenders would receive a royal pardon for their offense, but a condition of that pardon was that they were to leave the warm bosom of Mother Britain for lands unknown. <laughs> this had the advantage of a sufficiently but not excessively harsh punishment that likewise removed offenders and the social problems they represented from the community. <laughs> we'll just make another place kind of shitty. I don't care if you stab people in Australia. By <laughs> all means, go ahead. Have a... Just really dig in there, lad. <laughs> Get stuck in. <laughs> They're only Americans. Stab away. <laughs> I like to imagine that like some some at least one person refused this punishment because they literally would not leave the warm bosom of her majesty. Oh. You can't tear me away from I good refuse. queen Lizzie. I choose death. I choose death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, undoubtedly this was like cuz like I know several people who won't like who like when they like leave the city they're from and have lived their entire life for more than a week, they start getting homesick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I do miss dirty snow <laughs> and several substandard Tim Hortons. I yearn for it. Yeah. Like every time people are like, "Oh, do you miss Grand Prairie?" and I'm like, "I miss the people." <laughs> My mum's all right. <laughs> As an Edmontonian, I feel antsy if I don't see several large, pointless piles of steel balls by the side of the highway, which is a joke you will only understand if you know if you're from Edmonton. I personally, if I don't see the the horrifically removed limbs of some giant little girl, I just I don't know what to do with myself. It took me a second, but yes, there is a giant yeah. random statue of a foot 
at an at a train station in Edmonton. Two feet, isn't it? Maybe so. It, yeah, it's just like it's pointless. Two, like it's the lower leg. It's the lower leg le- legs of a little girl wearing like little buckled shoes and stockings, and there's just nothing attached. <laughs> Every couple years, Edmonton's like, all right, we have several million dollars. What's the most pointless giant thing we can install in the city? I miss that. Yeah, it's it has a certain it has a certain je ne sais quoi, a certain <laughs> Edmontonian spirit of just having lots of oil money, but no, absolutely no sense of what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Highway balls. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, we could we could literally house the homeless for the next two years, but what if we just created a giant pile of ball bearings next to the highway? <laughs> I choose ball bearings. Brilliant! <laughs> Here's my keys, Johnson. Go home and fuck my wife. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Edmonton. You're politics. the kind of mind we need around here. That's <laughs> <laughs> why I left. <laughs> <laughs> New York actually has nice, like, nice street art. It's you can nice. sort of, you can tell what it's supposed to be. Yeah, ah. I, like, <laughs> this is the Lincoln Center. There are plays. <laughs> this is the Washington, not Washington, this is the uh, Wall Street Bull. It looks like yeah. a bull. And yeah, not a, a pointless, girl in front of it. misshapen pile of metal. Oh, by as 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 all our listeners do need to know, the bull isn't nailed down. <laughs> and you don't need to know how I know that. Moving you on. You don't need to know. <laughs> you don't need to know. And especially, neither the NDP nor the NYPD ever need to find out. <laughs> they don't need to know that. <laughs> Sorry, Jagmeet Singh. You don't get to know. <laughs> <laughs> These are some very esoteric jokes this week. <laughs> He's the first Sikh leader of a Canadian political party. People should know his name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's got a charming smile and a dashing turban. <laughs> All of my American friends are very proud of themselves that they can name the current prime minister, so I don't think they're really studied oh, up boy. on potential leaders of the opposition. Yeah, I saw him once. He looks hot, and I'm just like, is that all we are to you? His eyes are up Just here. a piece of ass. <laughs> just a piece of ass. Yes. <laughs> can yes. confirm no every time every time i'm just like oh man the, the canadian government did this thing that made me sad like er, an american just feels the need to go like um excuse me but did you notice how everything is awful and we're all gonna die and i'm just yeah like, an, an american will just okay, slap you they'll just appear I out just, of nowhere and just bitch slap you it's it's like one of those like ch- but children are starving in africa thing it's just like yeah i know my problems are the biggest in the world but like I mean, they didn't care before they started setting their hair fair on fire. Right? Like, <laughs> why do they think, why do they, like, Americans, look me in the eye and tell me that the fact that your your entire system of government has gone insane is the only reason why you do not care about Canadian politics. Look me in the eye and say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, they, they just don't care. You didn't care before, did you? You didn't care. <laughs> no. It's an excuse, that's all it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Sorry Jessica. to get emotional. Deep, deep breaths. We can get through <laughs> this just, together. It's it's just so hard. It's just so hard. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Uh, so this system of penal transportation later became codified in law and extended to non-capital cases, so offenders could be sentenced directly to transportation rather than sentenced and then commuted or pardoned to transportation. 
Seven years was standard for non-capital offenses, and 14 years for capital offenses. Uh, After finishing their allotted time, prisoners were permitted to return to their home country, but it was generally expected that a large portion of them wouldn't, because they had to pay their own way back. Many transportees simply lacked the resources to return home and thus remained in the colony to which they had been sent as free persons. God damn it, I just have to build a life here. Yes. Ah, well... I've already, I've already married the only woman in town. <laughs> to be fair, that's like that's kind of my reaction when I like get off the bus at the wrong stop. I'm like, well, I'm gonna build well, a life here. I don't, I don't know where I am, so I'm, I'm just gonna. This is where I live now. I was briefly in Edmonton last week, and I got on the 100, which is an express bus, but I did not know that. Never get on the 100 uh, in the middle of downtown. Oh, no, it takes you for a weird scenic tour of the weird suburbs. I ended up near the zoo. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, oh, damn it, now I live here. I'm going to join the zoo. (laughs) Like, I pulled pulled this for the stop near where I was supposed to get off, which was about ten minutes after I got on the bus, and it didn't stop for another half an hour. (laughs) I ended up at the mall. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is where the express takes you. Right to them all. Where would you anyone want to go anywhere else? <laughs> <laughs> it's a miracle you're not currently living in the mall's aquarium. <laughs> I just felt so lost and terrified. <laughs> Originally, the British transporta- the British uh, transportation destination of choice was the 13 American colonies, especially Maryland and Virginia. This was halted in 1775 due to some kind of local kerfuffle in the colonies. I don't recall what exactly. Probably wasn't that important. Uh, uh, transportation resumed in 1787, this time to penal colonies in Australia. This was the kind of policy that was in place in 1819 when Alexander Pierce was sentenced to seven years penal transportation for the theft of six pairs of shoes. Specifically, he was sent to the penal colony in Tasmania. Oh, that's fun. Uh, in, in, in what was then called, uh, Van Diemen's Land. The, um, it's, it, which is an island off of the coast of Australia. Uh, After arriving in the penal colony of of Hobarton, or Hobartstown, depending on your preference, in 1821, Pierce quickly distinguished himself, though not in a good way. Within his first year and a half, he made two escaped attempts, embezzled two turkeys and three ducks, and stole a wheelbarrow. Wait, like, escape back to Britain? No, just- Just escape the colony. Like, where are you gonna go? I have no idea where he thought he was going. Like, if you successfully escape, you're then in just rural, unsettled Tasmania. Yeah, which a lot of people did. The uh, Australians have a term, bushranger, which is roughly, roughly the equivalent of highwaymen, which referred to escaped convicts from the penal colonies who lived in the Australian outback and survived by stealing and robbing travelers. Oh, fun. Yeah, so, like, there was an entire set of people who did this. This is when Tasmanian, like, tigers were still a thing before we drove those to existence. Mm. They were these, like, horrifying predatory things that could sort of unhinge their jaw like a snake. <laughs> and just, just come after you. Despite the fact that they were, in fact, mammals. <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're like a weird, they just, they look fake, like everything else from Australia. They're, they're like a fake, stripy cat thing with an enormous face. It looks like some fucked up taxidermist made it in his garage. It looks like it was alive at the same time as the Siber- like the saber-toothed tiger and the mammoth. Yeah, it that really, used to be- It really does. That's what was waiting for you if you left fucking colony. You were, yeah. you were gonna get eaten by a now-extinct tiger. 
it looks like it came from, straight from the imagination of a 13-year-old on DeviantArt. It really does. It does. It does. I also want to know how you embezzle ducks. I, I'm not quite sure. I think I think embezzling in this case means misappropriating and then selling. Like I don't know. I don't you know. Just, you used I, a duck improperly. Yeah, you, improper use of a duck. Like if I go to my if I go to the if I go to my job and I steal, which I can't go to because I work distance. It's in Toronto. I was gonna say you're um, at your job right to, now. <laughs> I would have to fully pull. I would have to pull a full flying bandit if I wanted to steal from my job. You but work for I, a non-profit. I do. It would be really <laughs> fucked up. That would be immoral. Would that would be, be wrong. I'm not saying I would. Uh, but if I stole like just like a ton of paper clips, would that be embezzling? Or would I have to steal them and then sell them? Like, is the real se- resale while they're embezzling? I have no idea. What if you said the paper clips are for one purpose, but you use them for another? Is, is that, that embezzling? I don't know. I have He's no like, idea. I'm taking this home to eat it, and then he has sex with it. Is that mm. is that is duck that embezzling? embezzling? Is that duck embezzling? I don't know. Or is that is that merely kinky? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and once you like once you commit a crime in Australia, they've got nowhere left to deport you. They're yeah, like, like oh, where, where are right. you gonna go? Where are you gonna go? You get Actually, away with it this time, you scamp. That's an inf- interesting question. After his ex- second escape attempt in March 1822, captured only after three months out on the lam, Pierce was once more sentenced to transportation, basically because Hoberton magistrates were tired of his shit. He was transferred to the, uh, the Macri Harbor Penal Station, which is a secondary prison also in Van Diemen's land, intended for escape risks. So they sent him somewhere worse. <laughs> it sounds like a gay bar for sailors. It genuinely does. The, the Harbor Macri Penal Harbor Station. Penal Station? Mm. Yeah. That, se- that sounds like a place you can go to get your pole polished. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't expect that from you. Don't, don't you do that. Don't make me hear that with my ears. Don't you do that to me. I've been through so much. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'll say I'll say things that are fairly that are fairly tame in comparison, but I you, I, I think it's just my fa- just the fact that I look like a giant toddler makes it unsettling. <laughs> just, just any you're basically if a penguin was a human. <laughs> you can't make innuendos. It's not allowed. <laughs> it's, uh, no, it's deeply upsetting. <laughs> The Macri Harbor facility was located on a small island in a harbor inaccessible by the sea. Uh, accessible by Wait, the it's sea a, only... I was, <laughs> was going to say it's a harbor inaccessible by the sea. That's not much of a harbor. No, uh, no it's a fake it harbor. Fake a, news. That's called fake a lake. <laughs> <laughs> we fucked it up. <laughs> we fucked it up. A small island in a harbor accessible by the sea only through a, a narrow, dangerous channel known as, known as Hell's Gates. Oh, that's fun. It's very fun. By land, the harbor was surrounded by dense, mountainous wilderness without another European settlement for hundreds of miles. So basically your average Australian suburb. You know, it's basically Brisbane. <laughs> it's, it's Hell's Gate or just hundreds of miles of inhospitable, waterless wasteland. Yeah. Well, in this case, it is in fact mountainous wasteland. Because Australia always likes to keep you guessing. It is oh, a land of multitudes. Would you like to die at sea, or would you like to be gored to death by an emu? It's your pick. The world is your oyster. <laughs> the oysters here are poisonous, but they're oysters. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that's that's fun. That's a fun thing. Very fun. Life at Macquarie Harbor was pretty damn miserable due to the isolation, the weather, the brutal discipline, and overall unpleasant conditions at the prison. I was unable to determine exactly how bad things were during Pierce's internment, but the Macquarie Harbor facility was notoriously overcrowded and unable to grow its own food, so malnourishment and scurvy were rampant when supplies grew short. Ah, good. Vicious corporal punishment was used frequently and for any reason, no matter how small. (laughs) Every- all the animals are poisonous and now you have no teeth. That's a beaten. (laughs) (laughs) And scurvy. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, scurvy is a horrifying disease where if you don't eat enough oranges, every wound in your life will literally reopen. Like you're an overused- you're an overloved plush toy. (laughs) Apparently the existence of ketchup is the only thing that keeps it from coming back. In the average person. It's oh, just good. ketchup is just what's standing between me and a full fledged case of pirate style scurvy. It's amazing more college students don't have rickets and scurvy. It's genuinely <laughs> a concern. Ramen is not a complete meal. <laughs> Screw you, Jessica. I feel very attacked. The Irish had the right idea. Potatoes will save you. Potatoes and butter will keep you alive. Just <laughs> make sure that make sure they don't get root rot. Because <laughs> mm, then mm. you'll die. That you, you and all your various relatives will die until you escape to Newfoundland and settle near Dildo. And then kiss a fish. I don't, know if the fish is, I don't know if the fish helps reduce the scurvy. I'm not exactly sure of the purpose. No, it's, I think it's just bullying. <laughs> it, is, it is literal. It is literal hazing. <laughs> Excellent. Life was so harsh at the prison that one man named Trenum killed another prisoner so that he could be executed rather than spend another day at Macquarie Harbor. Dude, just attempt suicide. Yeah. It's party. You don't need to kill like, a man. You're putting too many steps into this, but brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard. Maybe he was trying to like, maybe he's trying to like get the same loophole as you were earlier. <laughs> if I try to kill myself, then they'll kill me. <laughs> That's what he wanted. That was the whole point. Exactly he wanted to be wanted. executed. Like, like you can, you know, you can be a go-getter. You don't have to wait on everybody. You know, like, you are a strong, independent prisoner at Macquarie Harbor, and you don't need the state to kill you. Are you giving <laughs> someone a pep talk to kill themselves? <laughs> I I think so. <laughs> My life has gotten out of control. What have we become? <laughs> I'm very tired. I had a 12-hour bus ride. <laughs> no, wait, it was 16. Oh, good. And, oh... Wow. It's it's been it's been an interesting life. Because I assume you're fleeing from province to province. Obviously. Just taking anonymous bus rides in <laughs> through the night. The Edmonton Police Service has 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 some questions they want to ask. <laughs> Greyhound, however, didn't even check my ID. No, they don't give a fuck. They do not give if a If you don't have fuck. obvious facial sores, they'll just let you on. <laughs> Even if you do have obvious facial sores, they just let you on. There's, it's the Wild West out there. 90% of their client base is people with obvious facial sores. It's really, true. Really, they just like, they're just, they're just begging and pleading you not to bring a machete this time. They I just... have never, oh, it's too soon for a Vincent Lee joke. <laughs> is it? Too soon. Is it? Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> I, I think that was I, very bad for the Greyhound business model. <laughs> I have never seen anybody on a Greyhound bus who looks like they're doing okay. No. Myself included. They're, mm. they're just, no. 
the very fact of being on a greyhound makes you not okay. Never mind whatever <laughs> forced you into this predicament. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not doing all right. I mean, maybe your wife left you, maybe you left her, but something bad went down. Maybe you're maybe you're fleeing the law. There's no something bad There's no innocent reason to get on a greyhound. You should be arrested on principle. <laughs> the prisoner's work largely consisted of logging and rafting timber for shipbuilding from the surrounding forest. After about six weeks of this, Pierce joined seven other inmates, Th- uh, Thomas Buddenham, Edward Brown, Alexander Dalton, Robert Greenhill, Will- William Kennerly, John Mather, and Matthew Travers in plotting an escape. September 20th, 1822, they did just that taking off into the woods from a work site on the eastern side of the harbor. 22 days later, two of the escapees, Brown and Kennerly, returned to Macquarie Harbor in a state of utter exhaustion and near starvation. Both yeah, died because there's... shortly thereafter. <laughs> there's nothing to escape to. You're no. just... I choose death. Like, that's <laughs> all that you're doing by going out into the woods. Yeah, like, it's almost, it's mostly mountainous, frozen wilderness, but even if you, even if you could find something to eat... None of these men are familiar with the area. They don't know how to live off the land. Because everything they see is insane. Yeah, everything they see is insane or poisonous or or viciously angry. You have no idea if what you're seeing is edible, poisonous, or an actual hallucination. Yeah. (laughs) Is it even real? You don't know. Something just bit you, and now you're hallucinating because it was poisonous. (laughs) Yay! It was 113 days later before any of the remaining men were found and brought into custody. Alexander Pierce, who had made it to civilization and had spent the last few months living rough, stealing from farms. He was caught and interrogated as to the whereabouts of the other escaped convicts. Pierce told an unbelievable story, in the sense that the (laughs) authorities literally didn't believe him. See, rather than tell them the location of his collaborators, Pierce claimed that they were all dead. And that he, Pierce, had eaten them. Mm. And that's why it's fucked up that Jessica was so excited about this story. (laughs) It took so much restraint for Jessica to avoid talking about cannibalism till our 30th episode. Were it up to Jessica, this would just be a podcast about cannibalism. Eventually, this would just turn into a cookbook. There would be recipes. It's no... (laughs) No, there would be recipes and how-tos. I actually have right next to me a small book called To Serve Man, and it is literally it is literally a, a cannibalism cookbook. You I just got keep it that on your person. Why? Why any of that? Why do <laughs> literally all of that? He got a kick out of it. <laughs> you keep that in your pocket the way that like serial killers carry around the catcher in the rye. No, I'm just recording near the kitchen today. <laughs> No, that's that's not a comforting <laughs> statement. The fact that you have actual instructions on you're a vegetarian. I'm fused and I don't I don't know. I don't know what to do. Technically, human is the only meat that can consent. But no. Stop eating your neighbors. <laughs> We're overpopulated. Oh my god, this density is, this is a I mean, like, there's not enough housing to go around anyway. I was gonna say, is this is your solution to the Vancouver housing crisis? <laughs> it's better than what local politics has come up with. All right, who wants to be stir fried? You think you could just solve solve this through 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 attacks on foreign buyers? Nah, nah, that's small potatoes. Now bring in the <laughs> potatoes and bring in the bring in the next sacrifice. Hooray! <laughs> right. mm, would you prefer to be roast or? <laughs> 
Or would you prefer the to only, be stir fry? The only rent controlled property in Vancouver is my stomach. Mm. It's free. <laughs> get in there. Mm. Get in my belly. <laughs> oh my god. We do you need more supervision than you currently have? I probably do. Good. Good. I mean they watch me. Oh. Oh, that's watch. That's a great statement from someone who has actual instructions on how to cook people within <laughs> arm's reach right now. Signed by Moss Mickelson. I'm going to make your roommate text me once a week to make sure that he's not stew. <laughs> he's also texting my sister once a week to make sure I haven't burnt myself again. <laughs> Good. It's just my whole life is just just preventing Jessica from committing crimes against humanity. I should also get a... A baby monitor that you carry with you at all times so I can hear if you're chewing anything suspicious? No, I should, uh, I should also get, uh, I should also get Hanson Hopkins to sign it. I think, I think, and maybe Jodie Foster too for good measure. Oh, good. Nice. So you're getting a restraining order against you <laughs> is what you want to do. You want to make sure that several A-listers have restraining orders against you. I mean, I, it's not like I shot, tried to shoot the president in order to impress them. <laughs> She says I... as if that's a defense. <laughs> People have done it before. I bet they're a nerd to it by now. That is the whole reason I'm making horrified exclamations, because people have done it before. <laughs> I think Jodie Foster's a little sensitive about obsessed people sending her weird shit. Just Anthony Hopkins, then. I'm pretty sure he'd, I'm pretty sure he'd love it. Oh, good. <laughs> he doesn't have quite the same story past. When my student loan came in, I was like, I'm just going to set half of this aside for bail money <laughs> for when Jessica does something illegal. <laughs> the following is a story that Pierce told, or at least a version of it. Some of the details changed significantly from telling to telling. On September 20th, 1822, when they were working in a group on the eastern side of the harbor, the men attacked and overpowered the overseer. They meant to escape by boat, but the guards realized that something was amiss far quicker than they had planned before they could pull off their seaward escape, and they instead panicked and fled east into the forest. Big mistake. <laughs> Big mistake. When the men, eight men escaped, they did so under the leadership of Greenhill, a former sailor. Greenhill knew how to navigate due to his life as a seaman. He also had the support of Travers to bolster his claim to leadership as the two were friends. He also had the axe. <laughs> you said seaman. <laughs> you said semen. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where humor has has evolved. We are on this the podcast. very height of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there, butthead. Let's continue. <laughs> or my butthead. Nah. Which one of us did you? This? <laughs> I don't know. I never watched. My parents I loved me too did. much. To let me watch that show. <laughs> they were a little too much too concerned for my early development. <laughs> Clearly, it was not enough. Yeah, I was gonna say it didn't help. <laughs> it did not take. Uh, no. Nope. The men trekked due east, Greenhill's skill keeping them headed in the right direction. Due to the hurry in which they left, they brought few provisions, and within four days, no food remained. Oh, Unfortunate good. in some, uh, such an inhospitable country. After four more days, the hunger began to gnaw. To quote Pierce, no man knows what hunger will make him do. The first victim was Dalton, or maybe it was Bodenham. Let's say it was Dalton. Maybe they picked him because he was the weakest. Maybe they picked him because he had volunteered as a flogger back at the prison. Maybe they drew lots. 
Maybe it was just an impulse, over and done in a flash of violence. No matter what it was, they killed him with an axe to the head. Pierce says Greenhill and Travers did the killing. Then they cooked and ate the corpse. Mmm. Mmm. Some Tasty. good person. Long mm. pork. <laughs> oh, God. Apparently we taste like pig. Yeah, pig that gives you prion diseases. Mmm. Human beings notably have an extremely high uh, genetic resistance to prion disease, which is not me suggesting that you should try to get it. But compared to other species, we're more resistant to prion diseases, which probably indicates that we have a past history of using cannibalism as a, uh, as a survival strategy. Yeah, if you feed cow to cow, you will get an insane cow, which is sort mm. of the ongoing problem we had with that. The madness of cow. Yeah, you can't, that you was can't a whole feed thing. species to themselves because little mm-hmm. proteins will go into their brains and just fuck it up. You have yeah. proteins called prions, and if you are, ex- they live in your body, and if you're exposed to other people's prions from mm-hmm. your species, you go a little kooky. Yeah. But like, not people. Not people. <laughs> I mean, you will get it eventually. <laughs> you will get it eventually. And especially if you're, like, you're eating other cannibals, which is a, was a problem for many uh, societies that practiced uh, funerary cannibalism and tended to eat their own dead as a way of, like, conf- conveying them to the afterlife. I told you, um, Jessica knows way too much about this. This is, <laughs> this is now, now I've gotten you started. This is, this is my night now. But yes, you shouldn't eat... Uh, other other beings of the same species because you have limited the barriers in your body do not necessarily work right and do not necessarily recognize foreign agents from that body as as things that shouldn't go there. <laughs> yeah, you've got a little bit of a grace period. You might be able to get away with eating one or two people before you're out masturbating in the middle of intersections. Yeah, but it's it's not going to take long. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Don't eat people. In case that needed to be said. Not not that we're loud. accusing of the average person who masturbates in the middle of an intersection of cannibalism. We would never cast such aspersions on your Uster character. Wait, are we are we are we is that a protected class now? People who masturbate in intersections? Are they up there I'm, with I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that is a disproportionate proportion. Gender identity? I'm pretty sure that's a disproportionate number of our fans. That is not a protected act. Do not masturbate in intersections. It's not the same. You know, like, you know, like, it's not like we're here, we're queer. You know, like, it's not, it's not Black Pride. It's not equivalent to any of those. No, it's, it's just a sex crime. Masturbating in an intersection is a choice. (laughs) It is a lifestyle. And you need to stop. (laughs) Oh, no. We appeal to a weird audience. We we do. We do. I don't even think they're going to be offended. Nope. <laughs> That's what I think of you. How could you possibly be? Nobody's like, oh, you talk shit about intersection masturbators? It's like a thri- It's a thriving community, man. We're a community. Yeah, they have their own culture. You know, we're here for each other. We're like brothers. <laughs> nope. 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 Nobody's friends with the public masturbator. Nobody. <laughs> Awesome. (laughs) Brown and Kennerly, afraid that they might be the next to be killed and eaten, should they stay, abandoned the party with the intention of returning to the prison. And, well, we already know what happened to them, don't we? Blah. That's my that's my dying noise. <laughs> the remaining I, I'm more familiar with the sound that a human human being makes when the life is squeezed out of them, so let me make the dying sounds. What the fuck? The remaining five continued eastward. They marched for weeks, walking until their hunger overcame them, and another of their number fell victim to cannibalism. 
Seriously, why would you stay with these people? They're gonna eat you. They're clearly gonna eat you. Brown and Kennerly had the right idea, even if it didn't really work out. They were just weak. They were just weak. (laughs) They were actually the oldest members of the group, which might be part of why they didn't quite make it back. Um, Pierce tried to align himself as much as possible with Greenhill and Travers to save his own skin, especially after it was just him and John Mather left. Eventually, (laughs) it was down to the three of them. Greenhill, Travers, and Pierce. That's a tense, that's a tense social situation. That is an awkward camping trip. <laughs> but you know, I would watch, if that was a reality show, I would watch that. I would. I, uh, indubitably, I'd get who's, the popcorn. Who's like, the next to be eaten? I'm not fond of reality TV. Uh, it, you just need reality TV with higher stakes. That's what's yeah, been missing just, this whole I time. Think, I think what we're really missing is a sense of drama. <laughs> <laughs> and cannibalism. That would get me watching in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh yeah, if, if the uh, if the annoying girl was about to be turned into sausage, yeah, yeah, I'd go for it. <laughs> Pierce was outnumbered, unarmed, and outmuscled. He was a thin, wiry man standing at 160 centimeters, uh, five feet three inches tall, and not both. Those are those are that's the that's the metric and the imperial. He wasn't one on top of the other. I was gonna say, hang on a second. Is he like that character from BoJack Horseman that has two children inside of a trench coat? <laughs> it's three children. You three know. children in a trench coat, and no Fake one notices. Fan. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> it is four thirty in the morning, and it's I am Vincent still... Adult Man. He's my I favorite am... character. <laughs> I am high from vent high. So excuses. Get... It's four thirty in the morning. And my neighbor's hotboxing me. So if, if we were in a camping trip, you'd be the first to be eaten. <laughs> uh, awesome. Here, Pierce ran into a bit of good luck. Or perhaps Travers merely ran into a bit lot of bad. He was bitten in the foot by a tiger snake, a venomous snake. Oh, that is that is bad luck. But at least then you they can't eat you, because now yeah. you're poisoned. Now you are in fact poisoned. Although actually Snake venom is perfectly safe to eat unless you have an ulcer. Oh, that's yeah. a weird that's a weird thing for you to know. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh it's it's only toxic when introduced to the bloodstream. That's how uh, and I know this for absolutely no functional purpose at all. Are you just walking around grabbing snakes and just milking venom right mm. down your throat? Yeah. <laughs> Come here, you. Mm, I yes. I'm thirsty. I got confused by the word milk. <laughs> <laughs> I know I like that. Come here, mm. snake. <laughs> mm. Delightful. Like. <laughs> like. Makes a good milkshake. Oh Especially like with strawberry. Adds a little kick. <laughs> Nothing like a bit of bit of bit of cobra venom and 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 spinach spinach and raspberry to really get you up in the morning. Oh my god. <laughs> Pro- protein shake of champions. Mm, also, a fun I way to know find if out. Venom is particularly high in protein. Fun way to find out if you have ulcers because you'll mm. die. You will die. Like, oh, or you'll be extremely sick, <laughs> and then you'll die. You'll be just like, oh, I get it now. Damn, you know, quick and easy test for ulcers. Just. No, do not do not take medical <laughs> advice from this podcast. I'm gonna Absolutely put that not. on the description. Do not do not do it. Do not take advice from us as just squeeze the na na na. the symptoms of tiger snake venom, incidentally, include sweating, numbness, labored breathing, and eventually muscle muscle weakness leading to paralysis. Yay. Travis kept going for a few days. 
But then the gangrene set in. Oh, no. Greenhill insisted on helping Travers, and he and Pierce half-carried, half-dragged Travers for another five days. Holy shit. Until Travers himself began begging them to kill him. And they're like, well, the, that's... He, I mean, he's suicidal now. So Wish death, granted. Death. For according, you. according, like they may be outlaws, but they, in this one way, they agree with the English state that banished them. <laughs> oh, good. They killed him in his sleep with with the axe, then ate his flesh raw, raw, long past the point of cooking their fallen comrades. Oh well, we've lost the little bit of civilization we had left. Greenhill and Pierce spent the next eight days in a state of constant paranoia unwilling to sleep for fear that the moment he either closed his eyes, the other would kill him. In the end, Greenhill gave into exhaustion, and Pierce took the axe, killed Greenhill in his sleep, and ate his flesh. Mmm. Except now you've killed the only man who knows where you're going. Eh. True, although after th- at this point, they were well out of the wilderness and into the flatlands. Oh, good, so you can just sort of see for days. Eventually, after 49 days in the wilderness... Pierce reached the settled areas and began stealing from the farms to survive. He even befriended a convict who worked as a shepherd and a small number of local sheep thieves, although notably he did not eat them. (laughs) That's good. I was like, you know, 40 days in the desert, it's kind of like Lent, except instead of, you know, Moses, it's it's cannibalism. Instead of mana from heaven, it is literally the flesh of the other human beings around you. Oh, yeah. So so not like Lent at all, actually. Not not even slightly like Lent. <laughs> you are a deeply lapsed Catholic. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> he lived this way for another 64 days until he was finally caught. The magistrate's reaction to this story was disbelief. This was clearly an absurd, ghoulish tall tale from a serial, serial absconder unwilling to give up his fellow escapees. Pierce was oh. returned to Macquarie Harbor in chains, and Buddenham, Dalton, Greenhill, Mather, and Travers were still all considered at-large. <laughs> I mean, and technically they did get them all back to the penal colony, just- I mean- Inside his stomach. Technically- You found them. Parts of them- all arrived. <laughs> Technically, you located what was left. Oh, God. <laughs> very, very technically. I don't know if that's comforting. Very gross. No, uh, no it's not even a little bit. <laughs> In under a year, Pierce escaped again, taking off from a work party just as before. Really? He this didn't time... learn the first time? You had to eat several people last time. <laughs> You had to eat a minimum of six people, and you did not learn anything from it. Nope. He's like, well, that was Except that perhaps wasn't so what bad. people taste like. <laughs> mm. Mm. Like, he didn't even learn any good cooking tips. I don't even understand. Just ate it raw. <laughs> You're like, waste of perfectly good flesh. <laughs> waste not what not. <laughs> oh my god. I'm just saying, don't be wasteful. <laughs> you gotta season season the person. I properly. care about the environment, Janelle. <laughs> this time, uh, Pierce headed north along the ho- coast of the harbor rather than east into the wilderness, accompanied by a young convict named Thomas Cox, who had been pestering Pierce to accompany him in another escape. <laughs> you <Pierce>. said Cox. <laughs> Cox, like more than one. <laughs> Accessory to homosexuality. <laughs> Humor. We are. Dazzling satirists. 
<laughs> Upon our wit, we paint the world. <laughs> <laughs> Semen. Penis. <laughs> Penis. <laughs> Pierce surrendered to the authorities 11 days later, near the mouth of the King River, perhaps sensing that escape was truly impossible. Yeah. He was, because it is. Because it is, because the first 49 days, you didn't... Yeah, you didn't learn. It's not like, it's not like there's anywhere else to go. It's still the yeah. same fucking mountains. Yeah, you're on the same mountains, the same island. There's nowhere else to go. When searched, he was found to have human flesh on his person, as well as other food. Ah, so he just, he just escaped for the human flesh then. Mm. He just needed an excuse to eat people. He later admitted to having killed Cox in a rage when Cox admitted that he could not swim after their path was blocked by the river. What do you mean you can't swim? <laughs> I know, like, every time I go to the pool, and, like, I'm, I'm already there with my buddy, I've already paid for admission, and then he's just like, oh, no, I'm just gonna stay on the outside and tan, because, like, I can't swim. And it's just like, every time, I just, like, I draw back with that bottle of organic suntan lotion, and I just let him have it. <laughs> you just bludgeon him to death with sunscreen. It's the <laughs> highest stakes swimming lesson ever. <laughs> swim or feel the wrath of my towel. <laughs> As for why he feel, felt the need to cannibalize Cox, well, maybe he wanted to bring all the food he could as he made his escape. Or perhaps he just developed a taste. Regardless, at his trial for murder, Pierce had no attorney and made no defense on his own behalf, though he made a confession to the chaplain, a fellow Irishman, who likewise performed Pierce's last rites. Oh, so they did kill him for this. They did kill him. Oh. Alexander Pierce was executed nine at nine o'clock, July nineteenth, eighteen twenty-four. I think because they were finally convinced of the veracity of this tale. They're like, oh, he did eat several people. Oh, oh shit! Yeah. Oh, oh shit! The, shit! the escaping we could forgive. It's the fact that you just you keep eating people, and there's limits. He was actually tried for murder rather than the eating people. Um, oh, I guess loophole. You you can eat them. You just can't kill them yourselves. If you find them dead, I mean, like you it's, dig in. It's, it's like the five second rule. If if you if you pick, oh, no. if you eat them at, before at five seconds after they've been on the ground for five seconds, that is that is that is the death penalty. That is a capital offense. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta get in there quick. You gotta get in there quick. You can't kill them, but like you also just can't leave them hanging around. You gotta oh, you gotta pick them up quickly, then eat them. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, you need so much more adult supervision than you currently have. <laughs> My roommate's busy. He's a busy guy. That's that's what worries me. <laughs> that's that's too much laughing for how funny that was. <laughs> oh, there is so a human head in your freezer. <laughs> Please. That's where the peas go. <laughs> my my mistake. We have a giant sack of peas there. Silly me. And and some lovely truffle ice cream. Oh. Dark very chocolate. Nice. Mm. And then Decadent. of course the human head. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I, I personally would not go out of my way to escape for another 11 days and eat in another entire human being just to prove a point. But, like, no, I you know, I he was right, you know, like, they didn't believe him. Yeah, you know? I would have called and it a day. And he just called their the... bluff. He called their bluff. 
He's you a know, man you of principle, me? really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, we'll see about that. I couldn't let them think I was a liar. Lying hmm. is wrong. Yeah, lying is against is against the good lord's book. <laughs> Never the Ten Commandments don't mention cannibalism, don't you know? <laughs> that's that's a flawed understanding of religion. Alright. It is at well, not a lot of people were literate at the time. You could get a bit of a <laughs> skewed reading. <laughs> you just had to guess what was in there. Yeah. This just, just feels wrong. It just feels wrong. <laughs> just impulsively, just I don't know. I think I think I think the church is being a little judgmental about this. Uh they're the ones who have a uh a ritual where you eat Jesus. So you have to convert people into bread before you eat them. Yeah. That's clearly yeah, gotta, all part of it. You got to bake them into bread and then you eat them. I think that's too literal. No, that is I, not what they want you to do. The church has been clear on this point. <laughs> do not they're not baking people into little wafers. It turns back into people in your mouth and then you swallow. That's a horrifying <laughs> understanding of the Catholic religion. <laughs> <laughs> I am also a somewhat lapsed, lapsed Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because they won't allow you within 500 feet of a church after you've said something like that. I Apparently, I like the Eucharist a little too much. <laughs> mm, this is a gristly apparently, one. Apparently, my enthusiasm for communion was noted. <laughs> <laughs> you can be excited, but you can't be that excited. You're s- slightly too into this. <laughs> and that's been our very special episode on my favorite topic is now yours. Oh god. Alexander Pierce. <laughs> you you should know that this is not the last time cannibalism will be mentioned on this podcast. It won't. We've opened the, the floodgates now. Broken. Yeah. <laughs> I have no legitimate excuse to say no now. Hope you enjoyed the episode. I, as per usual, and always, am just destroyer of and I'm Janelle, and between between the weed and whatever the fuck this was, I'm going to go have vivid night terrors. Just inexplicable flashes of sound and fury. Like I'm, it's like I'm there. I'm just gonna be. I'm one moment I'll be in my bed, and the next I'll be in the mountains of Tasmania, just eating a dude. <laughs> Better to eat than be eaten, I say. Just a visceral sensory experience that will change me forever. In any case, sweet dreams. This has been fat, fat, French, French and, and fabulous. fabulous. I mean, we were close. Close <laughs> enough. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of Fab, which uh, is the name Ash Pulovich, our visual artist, uh, tells me we're using for this now. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, I will please just punch, and we hope you rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Sitting there, not rating and reviewing us.